Hey everybody, welcome back to the Possum University Podcast. I'm John and I'm here with... Jamie, how's everyone doing today? And we are also joined by three extra co-hosts, Pudge, Oakley, and Opal. So if you hear a little bit of pitter-patter or snoring in the background, that explains it. (laughs) So what are we talking about today? Today we will be talking about all of the types of hardware that you can walk your dogs on, whether it's aversive or if it's fear-free. Right from the jump, we should probably get into what the difference is between aversive, non-aversive, fear-free. Could you explain that a little deeper for everybody? Absolutely. So there are two different types of hardware that you can use for walking your dog, whether it's aversive or non-aversive. Aversive uses negative reinforcement, which is pain or yelling or an uncomfortable situation, whereas non-aversive and fear-free uses treats and positive reinforcement to get the desired behavior. So Possum University is non-aversive, fear-free. When you go and train clients, you do not use any aversive techniques. Um, You do not recommend any aversive hardware. And a lot of that we're going to get into right now. Do you want to start out with the first one? Absolutely. We're going to go from aversive to non-aversive, fear-free down the list. So the first one is... um, the worst one of the bunch, it's it's the one that I never recommend and I absolutely loathe. It's called the choke chain. It's a collar that's usually made out of metal, uh, chain link. It has a loop where the chain link pulls through and it can tighten endlessly around the dog's neck. And there's actually a lot of studies out there with dogs showing up at veterinary clinics having significant trauma to their necks. Just a random one that you could easily pull off the internet. It's titled Severe Brain Damage After Punitive Training Technique with a Choke Chain Collar and a German Shepherd Dog. The abstract is the features of severe loss of oxygen, brain damage after strangulation by the owner of a one-year-old German Shepherd Dog are described. The dog was disciplined by the owner during training by holding the dog off the ground by his choke chain collar. At first, the dog behaved normally, but he became increasingly ataxic and started circling to the left and showed reduced consciousness. The neurological examination revealed severe disorientation, left lateral muscle contractions, and circling. The neurological findings were consistent with a multifocal brain lesion. A magnetic resonance imaging or MRI scan was performed and showed changes in the T2 and diffusion-weighted images consistent with severe cerebral edema or swelling resulting from ischemia, which is loss of oxygen. Because of the severity of the clinical features, the dog was later euthanized. So that's just one of many incidents that are documented of uh, choke chains. That's just awful. Yeah, causing significant injuries. Obviously, pros? None. None. Absolutely none. Cons? Well, the one that you just read through is definitely a high one on there. Um, The one thing that really it does that we don't love is that it activates the operant nerve, uh, the freedom reflex in the back of the dog's neck. This is the reflex that is involuntary. They have no choice when anything is pulling, giving pressure to the neck or the back of the shoulders. These dogs, they feel the need to pull forward and grip the ground. It is not something they can control. It will continue to happen. It's just genetics. It's DNA. Right. So having that choke chain, having it come from the neck, that is being activated. And no matter how many times you pull on that, no matter how often that dog is choked by that chain, they will not stop because they can't. Right. And it's it'll just reinforce negative behavior. If, if the dog's reacting to another dog across the street, Um, the only thing it knows is I'm reacting at this dog. I'm barking at this dog. I want this dog to go away. And now I can't breathe. It just makes it a a more scary experience. 
Like we already said, there's a high potential for injury, acute pressure, and no limit to tightening. Aversive in nature causes pain or unpleasant, and it reinforces bad behavior. In reality, when you're walking your dog, you want it to be an enjoyable experience for both of you. And with this, I don't see any dog having a good time. No. And if that's not enough for you, it's illegal in New Jersey and a lot of other states to tether or restrain on a choke chain. That's in statute 422.17-3. And we'll cover that a couple more times in this segment. So what's the next one? The next one is the pinch or prong collar, what it's better known for. This one is not my favorite either. Not as bad as the choke chain, but right next to it. The only pros I have for this one is that it does usually work. I can't lie. I'm not going to say that it doesn't work because it does. Usually it works when the pain is enough to fight the freedom reflex, that operative nerve. When you put the dog in that type of situation and you have all that pressure and all that pain going around on its neck, if the dog is sensitive enough to it, they will pull back and they will start to listen. So I can't say that it doesn't work. Now, does it eliminate the problem to want to pull forward or react to that dog, that stranger, or to just pull you in general because they really like their walk and they're trying to get some sniffs in? No, it doesn't. It actually just masks the problem. Right. We've seen it so many times where, a, you know, one of our new clients will have a dog on a choke chain and we'll explain, you know, that's not how we do things. We'd really like to get them on a harness, but, you know, their first couple walks before they're actually fitted for a harness, we'll notice the owner say, oh, they, they work great on it. And then you take them out on their martingale and they're just pulling endlessly. Yes. So you're not actually correcting the behavior long term. You're not you're not changing the way the dog is thinking on its walks. It's still stressed out. It's not getting actual results. Absolutely. One of the good things about the prong collar compared to the choke chain is that the prong collar has limited tightening, which it only tightens a certain amount. So it doesn't go full-fledged as the choke chain does. So there is a pro there. It's also more evenly distributed compared to the choke chain in terms of pressure and pain, which is a positive. But I'm sure a lot of people are seeing right now there's a picture circulating on Facebook. It looks like it's a maybe a Tibetan Mastiff um, and his neck is shaved down. He's in a vet's clinic. He's sedated. He's white, you, right? Yeah. You could see he's got numerous punctures around his neck and they line up perfectly as if there's a prong collar and then. The caption was explaining this is why you don't use prong collars. So even if they're fitted incorrectly, they'll still cause significant damage, which we saw in that picture, especially with a dog that is strong enough and strong-willed enough to inflict that kind of damage on itself. And some dogs have really high pain thresholds where they don't actually feel the pain when it's happening, whether they're reacting towards a stranger or a dog that they don't like, or they just smell something and they're running after a squirrel or a chipmunk or something like that. If they want something badly enough, they're going to pull forward regardless of that pain because of the adrenaline. They're not going to feel it at the time. Right. So getting to the cons, the cons for the pincher prong collar are they frequently fail or break. I see this a lot. They're unreliable for walking. They're never intended to be used to walk a dog on. A lot of them are made to fail if they reach a certain limit of weight. And it's the ones that don't fail that cause the significant damage. You never know which one you're getting. Um, so the potential for serious injury is still there. Like I said about the, the photo circulating on Facebook that the vet clinic shared, they're still aversive in nature. They cause pain, which is going to reinforce bad behaviors on leash. They do not correct pulling long-term like we discussed. And they're another one of those collars that are illegal in New Jersey to tether or restrain 
under 422.17 TAC 3, as well as other states. They have their own statutes. You'd have to look that up if you're in a different state. So another one that we don't encourage clients to use, we don't encourage anybody to use. Just going back to what John was saying about reinforcing bad behavior. Now, if you have a dog on a prong collar and it's um, you know just starting out, maybe it's around a year old, and you're starting to see that they're having a little bit more reactivity towards dogs, Um, as you're walking them and you decide, okay, I can't handle my dog pulling me anymore. I'm getting it a prong collar. So then all of a sudden you get this prong collar and you put it on its neck and they're walking and they see another dog. And now all of a sudden they see this dog, which they're having an inkling of the fact that they may not be loving, you know, being around other dogs, or maybe they're just a little bit scared. And now all of a sudden they're getting pulled and they're getting yanked and they're getting stabbed by these prongs. The second this dog comes around. So When this dog comes around and they're feeling that pain, they're only realizing, okay, every single time this dog comes around, I'm feeling pain. Or this stranger, they must be bad. They must be a negative thing. I should be afraid of them. So it's actually reinforcing that bad behavior instead of what you wanted was to fix it and eliminate it completely. Right. It's so important to understand how dogs think. A lot of people think my dog is pulling. He or she doesn't respect me. They're making a fool of me. So I'm going to correct his behavior with pain, like spanking a child. And that's just not the way dogs' brains work. Absolutely. And in reality, I like to call the prong collar the quick fix. And if you love your dog enough, I hope you'll put in the time and effort it is to train them on the right hardware. Moving on to our next one, the flat clip collar. This is the most common for the household dog to just be hanging out with the family and just have this collar on just for a good grab if you need to to get a hold of them. Um, John, what about the pros? So it's an adequate handle, uh, like you said, and it's also an adequate secondary attachment for a harness, which is where you're going to clip to your harness and then clip secondary to the collar in case the dog's able to slip out of their harness. Absolutely. That's about as much as the pros. It's, you know, people use it for style. Um, they accessorize their dog with it. There's a lot of different styles out there, but other than that, it's not very reliable for walking. A lot of the plastic buckles will fail. They're, you know, some of them are made in China. You don't know what quality you're getting and dogs can create a lot of force. So when you're, if you're walking them only on a clip, there you have the potential to break the clip, which does happen. We've seen it before and they don't tighten. So they're easily slipped out of. Absolutely. Um, going off of that, when your dog is on that flat clip collar and you're walking them just on that and they're pulling forward again, getting reactive to that dog or that stranger or that squirrel or chipmunk, there is a huge gap now between the dog's neck and your leash. Now, if they're pulling forward and that gap is there and all of a sudden they jolt backwards, they're popping right out of that. There's not, there's just too much room. There's too much of a gaping hole between the neck, the collar, and your leash. And because of that pressure that you're putting with the leash, it's making that gap happen. Right. There's some serious snoring going on behind you right now. And some twitching. <laughs> Opal's a vivid dreamer. All right, next up, Martingale Collar. So we're getting better and better each time. Yes. Um, we're, we're working our way towards the most acceptable and ideal equipment to use to get the results you want. So tell us the pros. So the pros for Martingale Collar, um, it is self-tightening. This is what it's, it's most known for. Um, a lot of people actually call it the Greyhound Collar because it's the collar that they used for the Greyhounds with the very 
thin necks and the very tiny heads. So they needed a collar that wasn't going to pass their ears when they're being walked on it. So that's why that's called the Greyhound collar. So it is self-tightening. So when you do pull, it's, it's basically the collar loop. There's an extra fabric loop that's a little bit smaller with a ring attached to it. So when you do pull, it will get tighter. Now, this doesn't continuously get tighter. This only goes to the measurement of tightness that you want, that you would choose beforehand. You can test on your dog even before you leave the house, which is a really great tool. Most of these collars are a thicker nylon. They're um, a little bit thicker in length around the neck. It distributes way more even around the neck. Um, no pressure points, which is a really good thing about this because we don't want to have our dogs in any type of pain when they're walking because it should be enjoyable. Um, there are so many styles and designs to choose from. I remember when John and I were working at the shelter in canine care, there was a dog named Giraffe that I fell in love with and I found her a martingale collar on Amazon that had that giraffe design on it and I fell in love with it and she still wears it to this day and that was three years ago. So you can find a lot of different designs and colors and styles on there. So the cons, and we're not saying the martingale collar is a bad collar, it's just the contraindications for using it to walk your dog on. It still activates the freedom reflex, which we talked about earlier. It doesn't correct the pulling behavior. And some of them still feature a plastic buckle that could break. They're not suitable as a primary leash attachment if they had that buckle. Absolutely. I totally agree. Next up on the list would be any harness that clips from the back between the shoulder blades. Yes. So starting off the pros for this one, um, the one great thing is that it takes the pressure off the neck and the trachea, which as you heard earlier from the prong and the choke collars, that this is a, a true concern with our dogs. This is where they get control from us. Um, so it takes the pressure off the neck and the trachea. Um, if the harness is equipped with the self-tightening attachment point in the back, it is difficult to slip out of. So this is a really, really good quality to have on any back clip harness. So if you are going to get one, that is something you really should be investing in. Generally, it's a good choice for dogs that don't pull. If you just have a dog that just really likes to leisurely walk right next to you, maybe they're a little bit older, or maybe they just are a little bit more calm and not as excitable on their walks. This is a really good choice to use because it's a little bit more comfortable. And the interesting thing is there's a lot of harnesses on the market that clip from the back there's a lot of different styles and because there's so many different patents everyone's always coming up with a new way to fasten it and a lot of them are really stupid yes <laughs> um so choose wisely because uh, you might need to be fighting with your dog to get that harness on and if it's if it takes extremely fine motor skills to fasten the harness maybe it's not the right one save yourself the headache look for something with a quick buckle um, something with D-rings that your your leash clip could clip to. Uh, make your life easy because there's a lot of fancy ones out there that are super expensive and designer and they're just awful. And I think anybody that has had an excitable dog or a dog that loves to go on a walk, any harness or collar with more than one clip is a death sentence. Yes. <laughs> Trying to get that dog in that harness with two different clips, it's just so difficult. So there are a few negatives to backflip harnesses. Again, because you're pulling from the back, it's going to activate the freedom reflex. Your dog's going to continue to pull against you. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of different styles and a lot of them are really confusing to use. So members of your family might not be able to get it. The kids might not be able to get it. So the experience that your dog is having on walks is not going to be consistent. 
So you're not going to get a change in behavior that you want. You're not going to get the results you want. And it just results in less walks for your dog. Absolutely. So next up is the gentle leader or any kind of halter collar or head collar. Yes, this is the kind of collar that you would see on a horse. It's kind of the same concept going over the bridge of the nose and um, wrapping aside the mouth and then coming to the back of the neck. And usually it does attach, attach to a collar that a dog is already previously wearing. So because this collar attaches and bridges over the nose and that's where it, it gets its pressure from and where it pulls from, it allows control over where the dog is looking. So if your dog is acting up or just pulling or going after prey or being reactive, if you do sort of pull back towards you, their face will come towards you rather than what they were previously looking at or reacting to. Right, and that's good because you get to take their eyes off of whatever they're reacting to. It's easier, like you always give your look command. Yes. And you'll take the dog's eyes off of what it's looking at so its stress is reduced and in that moment it can think a little clearer and accept whatever command you're trying to give it, whether it be sit, whether it be to change direction. Absolutely. So being able to control the dog's head with the leash is very valuable. So it's also a really safe alternative for dogs that are susceptible to trachea injuries. Um, maybe dogs that have already had a trachea injury in the past. Um, so there's some breeds that are susceptible to it. And it will resolve mild pulling. It doesn't activate the freedom reflex. And it's another piece of equipment that's fear-free or non-aversive. Absolutely. Um, we have a couple cons for this one, though. It is confusing to use. I myself have taken many minutes off my life trying to put a gentle leader on many of my clients' dogs. Um, not only that, they don't generally have a great association with it because it does go over their nose and it's a little bit more uncomfortable and you know, you're know you invading their space by putting that on. And if it's a dog that you don't really know that well or a dog that is a little bit more grumpy when it comes to things touching their face, you know, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to use that. Another con is that it's not compatible with short muzzle breeds. So your Frenchies, your Boston Terriers, your Bulldogs, um, anything with a squished nose, it's it's just not going to work. It's not going to fit properly. You're not going to get the effects of the way that the collar was intended. And like I said earlier about dogs not generally really liking it on their face, um, sometimes they do get injured by trying to get themselves out of it, which, you know, being on their face and around their neck can be a pretty big issue, especially if they have sharp nails and they try to scratch it off and then they get their eye and it can be pretty dangerous. So making sure that your dog is desensitized to it before you slap it on there and go for a walk is is very, very important. And believe it or not, a head collar is another one of those collars that are not legal to use in New Jersey to tether or restrain. Um, and it's like that as well in some other states. Very interesting. Who would have thought? Next up is the Sensation Harness, which is a front clipping harness, so that's a big pro. Yes. It does not activate the Freedom Reflex because it clips from the front. The idea behind it is it throws the dog's bounds off when they're trying to pull, and it's one of the more effective, fear-free, non-aversive solutions. It does work, um, and there's really only one negative side to it. Yes, and this is a big one. This one does not self-tighten, so it can be still slipped out of, which is a big no-no and something that we really don't want, especially when you're on walks. Um, so again, using a harness that is self-tightening so you don't have that problem is pretty is pretty important for us. It's still a good choice for dogs that are not skittish, don't suffer from anxiety, are pretty confident. A dog that you know you don't need to worry about them trying to back out of their harness. Absolutely. Next up is a really popular one. Uh, the Freedom Harness. 
The Freedom Harness is pretty awesome. Um, a couple of its pros are that it's a comfortable fit. It does have velvet straps that come up the back underneath the armpits that clip together on top of the shoulder blades. One con is that there are two clips that's a little bit more difficult to clip both of those if you have a dog that likes to squirm and gets a little bit excited, but it is fear-free and not aversive. It is actually very effective with mild and moderate pullers. We find that this one does really help with the pulling a lot, but if you have an extreme puller, it does tend to come up the side of the shoulder and bring your leash with it. So then in turn, you get that freedom reflex once again. So it's really important to make sure that it's fitted properly in the front on the chest so you don't have that extra slack that the dog can pull and then push behind it. So that's very important, but a very, very good contender in terms of harnesses. Well, I'll go for the cons. It's really not one of my favorites. Um, I find it extremely confusing to use. I always see dogs walking around with it upside down. The velvet's going over their back. It, it does nothing for their armpits if the soft side is on their back. Not only is it confusing to use, it's only compatible with the, the leash that it comes with because it has two clip attachments that go to one handle. I didn't even remember about the leash. No. I, I was did. waiting I totally for it to hit you. I forgot about the leash. So... It clips to the chest, but it also clips between the shoulder blades. Because it has the two rings. Right. So it defeats the purpose of clipping to the front. The only thing it serves by clipping to the front is it aids in throwing the dog off balance so it can't put all of its strength moving forward. But you're still getting your, the, the freedom reflex activated. If you lose that one leash that comes with it, you can either pay a premium to get another freedom leash. Or you use one leash and you only clip to the front or the back of the harness, which is not how it was intended. And then it starts shifting all over the place in a dog and it becomes very uncomfortable or they just slip out of it. It doesn't have, I haven't seen it. I don't know if you've seen it, but I haven't seen it have much effect on extreme pullers and it's significantly more money. The sensation in the easy walk harness is coming at around $25 and then you have the freedom, which is upwards of $40. Now, yeah, it comes with a leash, but that's stupid. <laughs> I'm not the leash a fan. is pretty silly. I'm not a fan. First time I saw one, I was like, wait a minute. What? I, I'm happy that it's fear-free. It's oh. non-aversive. Also with the leash, because it has the two clips, so you have side A has a clip, you go down the leash, then B has another clip. In the middle of the two clips is a ring and then the handle. So the handle is sliding back and forth and you only have two clips. Now... I've had this a couple times where a couple of my clients have used this harness and I'm not going to make them go buy another one because it is a front clip harness. So I accept those. Now I'm trying to get this dog unleashed and the metal clips are flying all over the place and I'm going to hit myself in the face. It can be a hazard. Hmm. Now it's time for the top dog. Here we are. What is the number one secret to having a dog that does not pull on leash? Is everybody listening? Is everybody taking this all in and writing notes? Because this will change your life. This is a huge game changer. I have seen it upward of a hundred times in the last four years. It's called the Easy Walk Harness. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Easy Walk Harness. It can be found in many places, a lot of styles, a lot of colors to fit your dog and their personality. But one salient thing that it does is stops pulling. Might be a word I don't know. We'll get back to it if we have to edit it out. <laughs> this harness has changed the lives of so many of my clients and even my own dogs. 
I have had a lot of pullers that I've been working with and which is most of their problem when it comes to the reactivity that they're dealing with on walks that their owners just can't get over is that the second they get put on this harness, they are a completely different dog. I walked and trained a Doberman um, not too long ago. We've been working with him for about, what, three years now? Mm -hmm. His name is Nitro. Um, Very big Doberman. Nitty boy. Nitty boy, that's what we call him. He was on a prong collar for eight years. Since he was a baby, the trainer told them to put him on the prong collar and that was it. They never changed because it was what worked for him and otherwise no one could walk him. They had two daughters in the family and without the prong collar, they just couldn't handle him. So I told her when I met with her, I don't I don't use them. Is there is there a way I could try a harness with him? And she said, absolutely try whatever you want. She's like, but you know, I haven't had much luck with anything. I said, all right, give me, give me a few days. I put him on an easy walk harness and within minutes, I sent her a video of him walking right next to me, no pulling, loose leash walking right next to me, like a show dog. And he was enjoying himself. He was having so much fun. And he was up, his head was lifted, and he was just enjoying himself and just having a blast. And from then on, all they use now is the easy walk harness, and she is amazed. Everybody in the family can walk him, and it's a more enjoyable ride for everybody. But yeah, there there are so many dogs that I've worked with that are on this easy walk and my clients will look at me and go, oh my God, how did I not know about this prior? And I say- Just last week. Just last week, yes. What, like three of my clients? Yeah, new huge, training clients. Huge game changer. Oh, um, Harley. Yes. My, uh, my Roddy, he is ginormous. And when I say ginormous, I mean muscle, pure muscle. He is huge. He's a big boy. Um, he's, he's five, but he is still a puppy and they've been using the prong for about five years and no one else in the family can walk him except his father. And he even has a really rough time. We put him on the easy walk last week. He looked at me and said, oh my God, this is the best walk we've ever been on. And I almost want to cry because that makes me so happy to hear because walking your dog should be fun and it should be fun for them and it should be enjoyable. Let me go into the reasons why I like the Easy Walk Harness. All right, like I said earlier, it clips from the front. So because it clips from the front, the additive that it has is that it has the tightening ring in the front. So when you pull up that leash, it's going to tighten and they're not going to be able to slip out of that. It doesn't activate the freedom reflex, which is in the back of the neck because it's from the front. You can double clip to the collar, which is going to be right there because you're going to be able to tighten it with that martingale mechanism in the front. And you double clip to that collar that the dog has on previously. And then there's definitely no way that the dog is getting out of the collar and the harness. Not only this, but when you attach it to the collar, it actually lifts the strap up above the shoulder blades, which lets the dog have an easier walk. If you let it dangle, sometimes it does kind of get in the way of their shoulders when they're walking. So I definitely, 100%, I always double clip my dogs when they're on easy walks. It's, it was the way that the harness was intended to be worn when they created it. You need to double clip. Otherwise, when your dog is running around with just the harness on, it's going to get in the way of their arms. Like the Freedom Harness, the Easy Walk also throws your dog off balance when they do pull. If they're on the off chance they see a squirrel or a chipmunk or a stranger or a dog and they do want to pull forward, instead of actually pulling you forward, they're going to get pulled right back towards you, um, which is a is a huge added benefit because then you can get your treat out and you can say, look, you can say, wait, or leave it and use all those commands that they know so you can build some confidence so then they start to have a better association 
with that dog, that person, or that squirrel. Um, so it's not a negative thing and we're not feeding into that negative relationship. This harness is extremely effective in the tough cases, the dogs that are the extreme pullers. I've seen it myself. We work with the dog in foster um, from the Monmouth County SPCA. Um, our friends from Leva Foster got into him into an amazing foster home. And our job was to basically come and train him and walk him every day of the week. And it got really difficult because on his martingale, he was just pulling us so badly. We put him on the easy walk harness and it was a huge game changer. And let me tell you, this boy could pull. Halfway around the block, you were like, oh my God, why did I do this? Because your arm was about to fall off. Easy walk harness, total game changer. Different dog and different experience while getting him that exercise that he so desperately needed while he was in foster. Yeah. And we swear PetSafe is not a sponsor. Although if you'd like to be, please reach out to us. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, PetSafe manufactures Easy Walk and they make a lot of shit. So I'm not their biggest fan, but when it comes to this harness, they really knocked it out of the park. And yes. it's changed a lot of lives. It's gotten a lot of dogs off of prong collars, off of choke chains, and walking without pulling. Um, I don't like their other products, like their spray collars and their shock collars. But then they also have good products, like breakaway collars. So they make good stuff. They make bad stuff. I get it. You're a business. You need to stay in business. And if there's a market, you need to appeal to that market. Um, Easy Walk is not a sponsor. This is just a harness that we've seen change the lives of a lot of dogs and a lot of dog owners that we've worked with. And we're not going to lie to you. There are two cons. So we're going to go into that now. One of the cons is that depending on your dog's body structure, the straps that go underneath the armpit can be irritating if improperly adjusted. If it's not fitted properly, there's too much slack or it's too tight, or if you leave it on your dog during the day all day, which I don't recommend at all, um, it can start to make the hair fall out or even get a little bit of um, a hot spot, which you don't want. Um, so rule of thumb is always take the harness off the dog after the walk. It should really only be for walking. It's not an everyday collar harness wear. Right. And that's an easy way to have to go out and buy another harness when they chew it off in five seconds. Absolutely. Not looking at them. And like I said earlier, that front strap that you do have to double clip, um, if you don't double clip it, it will sit low on the chest and it will get in the way of the dog walking. So if you do get this harness, it needs to be double clipped to something. So that covers all of the walking hardware that we wanted to discuss, but there's another secret we're going to let everybody know about, and that has to do with retractable leashes. Oh my God. If you have a retractable leash, you've been using it wrong this entire time, and I'm going to tell you how to use it the right way. If you look on it, you'll see that you have the leash portion that pulls out, and you have the lock, and there's a little release trigger. If you hold it, and you walk over to the garbage can... And you throw it in, that's a total game changer because that's where it belongs. <laughs> It'll work a lot better in there. That's exactly where it belongs. John, why don't you tell everybody all the reasons why retractable leashes are dangerous and should be illegal? It does you no good if your dog is 20 feet away from you with this thin line that you can't actually pull in unless you're pulling it in like you're pulling up a net full of fish. And you're going to get your hands burnt. Right. The retractable leash not only does that, but it, it teaches your dog to run away from you, that they have more slack than what you really want. 
if your dog just immediately knows the second that their leash is on, hey, I'm going, I'm gone. It's just teaching them to be further away from you. God forbid something bad happens. Now, if you're on a street and you're on the sidewalk and a car is coming by and your dog is 20 feet in front of you, but then darts into the street, you have no way of getting them back. There's no safety net on that. There's there's no way for you to gain control back. And most of the time, if the dog is running too fast and they get to the end of that leash, it's going to snap because there's only so much leash in there. But if they have kinetic energy running forward and they have all that momentum. force, they have all that momentum, they're going to break that leash. Right. Especially I see people walking medium to large size breeds on retractables. Instant, they, instant palpitations from me. Yeah. And they sell them at, at the dollar store. Do they really? Yeah. Oh my God. So. It's a sin. But, and then most of them max out around 30 feet. That's too long. That's really long. Get yourself a long line. All you need is 10 feet. 10 feet. And that's all it takes for your dog to wander into the street and you not to have enough time to reel it in before something bad happens. And granted, maybe your dog may be friendly. Maybe your dog likes other dogs, but maybe the dog that is 20 yards away from your dog is not dog friendly. And by the time your dog gets to that unfriendly dog, you don't have a chance in the world to get any control back. And your dog is standing right in front of that unfriendly dog and doesn't realize what's about to happen. And they could get bit. Mm -hmm. So it's very important to make sure that you're walking your dogs on appropriate hardware, including leashes. Leashes are very, very important. And we didn't even talk about the significant burns that the dogs can get if the leash wraps around their legs. Oh, God, yes. And your hands. I mean, it's just, you know, when something's going wrong, it's just your instinct to grab the leash and and pull quicker. And you're going to burn yourself because that dog's going at full speed. And you got bystanders as well. If your dog decides to run around a bystander and continue to run, and it's a super thin line. It doesn't take much to cut through skin. I can't believe they were ever created, actually. Oh, well. Don't be a sucker. Buy good products. Yes. If you have a dog that is a leash biter, I suggest you buying a metal leash. Um, it looks like any other leash that clips to the harness, but the entire leash is made out of the chain, chain link metal, and it gets to the handle, and then the handle is made out of nice nylon like the other leashes that you're used to. This, you know, when they bite the leash... It's going to be unpleasant. They're not going to want to bite the metal. It doesn't hurt them, but, you know, it's their choice to stop biting it. Uh, this has worked for many, many dogs that I've trained before, and it's it's a, it's a true game changer. Right. And if they're just absolute madmen or mad women, uh, just try and put a toy in their mouth. Maybe oh, they yeah, just need too. to occupy their, their mouth. They're, if they're stressed out. That if, oral fixation for yeah, sure. Give them a cigarette. All right, don't give them a cigarette. <laughs> I think that's it for today. I think so, too. I think Opal's passed out. She's snoring. Pudge All is, three of them. Pudge is a good six inches from the microphone, so I don't even know what kind of noises this thing's been picking up. All, <laughs> all her many mouth noises. And Oakley's laying down on the floor, so. I think we gave you guys a lot of information to work through today and really think about what you have your dogs on and maybe reevaluate what kind of hardware you have for them and maybe look into some reviews online to see what fits your dog and to just really think about what we spoke about here. And get what's best for them and what your needs are. Right. And we actually got a pretty good feedback from our first podcast episode. So we're hoping the second one is just as informative for you guys. And if you could please subscribe, rate it five stars on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening. 
and uh, share it with your friends. And once we have a, a good audience built up, we could start getting uh, some really cool interviews in and uh, get you some different perspectives. Absolutely. So as always, class dismissed.